the Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. Let's go! Wait, so you're telling me Edmonton didn't sign Nick Foligno at four years and four and a half million dollars? Because I read that on Twitter.com, <laughs> sir, ma'am. Adam, at least you were fooled by a fake account. I just misread Cap Friendly and for some reason reported that the Leafs had acquired a prospect that was actually theirs the whole time and had actually traded him. Good thing I also misspelled his name in the first tweet, so I got it wrong twice. God, what, pro- what prospect was it? So they have JD had JD Greenway, who is Jordan Greenway's brother, Jordan Greenway of the Minnesota Wild. Okay. And for some reason, because the Leafs have lost the rights to a number of prospects over the past few years, especially from like the Hunter drafts that were not good. And for some reason, I thought they used to have JD Greenway. And then reacquired him from the Bruins, but it was actually the other way around. The Leafs had him the whole time and traded his rights to the Boston Bruins. Stupid! Mm-hmm. And what did uh, what did they trade him for? Future considerations. Ah, nothing. No, it's it's this one's probably <laughs> not nothing. It's probably because it's a divisional rival. Why would you help out the Bruins? It's probably some sort of conditional pick. Um, based on him actually signing a contract because he's not under contract and he has until August something to sign it. Oh, wow. And you, you thought they acquired the rights. Because I'm a stupid guy. And Adam <laughs> thought Felino signed with... The because one. it was a fake David Pagnotta account. Like, it said the fourth <laughs> hurrah instead of period. And, uh, <laughs> you know, listen, okay? It's hard. It's hard, okay? This is hard. The people who do that are, they're just looking for trouble. Like, they, I think it's also funny. gotten very good at it. Yeah. <laughs> they have. Like, it's amazing. Mr. Booth got me, I'm pretty uh, sure, a few months ago. And I was like, no, I put such an effort. Ah. It's so tricky when they'll do like, oh, instead of the L, it'll be a capital I. So then even when you read it, you can't even tell because the text looks the exact same. You kind of miss yeah. the check mark, but yeah, look for the check mark, kids. Look always. That's look the thing, up. though. The check mark doesn't always come up, right? Yeah. It, it's it's like if it's a retweet, you don't know it's a check mark or not. And I'm surprised Twitter hasn't changed that uh, because it's a really easy way to spread like you know vaccine misinformation and things like that. So it's just funny that that uh, that they you know that blue check mark's supposed to stand for this is at least the guy that he says he is. And was and I wrong? I no, that. no, it's Twitter's fault. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Steve. Steve. <laughs> what I was wrong, Joe. We're choosing. We're choosing violence. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 All right. Well, fine then. Fine. Um. I love you, buddy. There's a lot. There's, I love you too. There's a lot to talk about today. Isn't um, I do uh, want to. You know, like, there's a couple things I want to get to before we get to something big. So obviously, we've talked about the leaf trade. Uh, Jesse, there's a schedule update that you would like to provide because this is important. If you love this show, um, we usually have a bit of a summer break. And by a bit, I mean this year, it's going to be lightning quick. So what are we looking at, Jesse? Yeah, usually we're off for like all of July and August. But this year, we're like one episode a week. We do one episode a week. Yeah, yeah. So this year, our uh, summer break kicks off at the end of this week. So this week will be our last three-episode week after Friday. You won't hear us again until Wednesday. So we'll be back on August 1st, and then we'll have another show on August 8th. And then we are off for two weeks in the middle of August, the weeks of the 13th and the 20th. And then we come back after those two weeks off to two days a week. 
So we only have uh, we have two weeks of one one day a week, and then we have two weeks off, and then we're back to two days a week. And then and when the season kicks off, we'll be back to three days a week, which is the week of the fourteenth of October, I believe. Uh, the week of the 11th. Yeah, yeah, I think the season kicks off on October 13th or 12th. Or there it is. Yeah. There it is. Very exciting. Also, um, not to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to say anything too early. Okay, I don't want to throw anything out there. But um, I did want to say that maybe you want to keep the first Saturday open. Just put it that way. Maybe. For Saturday maybe you want to do that. the season? The 16th. Maybe you want to keep that open. Okay, just listen. Listen to your boy. Um, now, uh, a little moment for a uh, moment of silence for Nicholas Shalmerson. Uh, Steve was the first person to text this to me. One of the best defensemen of the last 10 years is re- officially retiring. And I am a little sad because I was really hoping the Leafs would be able to pick up this guy on like some sort of depth deal. But uh, I guess he just doesn't want to do it anymore. And he'll, he will issue no statement and there will be no press conference because he's so low key. He's like, I'm just going to bounce. He's leaving the party and not telling anyone. Mm-hmm. And I miss him. I miss him already. And when Calvin DeHaan gets traded not to the Leafs, I'll text you again. I'll be like, ah, Adam, you missed another one. (laughs) It's true. It's true. It's true. Um, But there are actually more serious and pressing things to get to. So undoubtedly, the biggest story from the draft, unfortunately, isn't about the draft itself. I, I couldn't believe it. The most important and shocking story from the draft isn't even about the player that was drafted. Because that story already happened. This story is about... We knew about that. We knew, yeah, we knew about that. The story is about Mark Bergevin. Mark Bergevin made himself and the Montreal Canadiens by proxy the story of the NHL draft by drafting Logan Malou at number 31. Now, if you remember this story, he was in Sweden playing hockey. He's a very skilled hockey player. He photographed an intimate moment and shared it with his friends. And it got around and was somehow, I believe, leaked on the internet. Now, um, he, you know, the first many of, of us saw of this was his apology, which he at the time claimed, well, this was, honestly, I did this because it was an ego play. I wanted to, and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, I wanted to uh, share it with my friends and it was wrong and I'm truly sorry. Um, but there are many, many depths to this. Uh, the most important part for the Bergevin camp is I don't want to be drafted this year. And unlike other leagues, um, you can't renounce your eligibility for the draft in the NHL, which I didn't know. People can just take you and you don't have to apply and be eligible, which is pretty pretty interesting and pretty wild. And I think the NHL needs to consider changing that rule to avoid absolute bombs like this one. That's what Elliot Friedman was talking about. For context, the NBA, you have up until 10 days to withdraw your rights from the NBA draft if you're eligible. In baseball, you have until like the day or the moment you're drafted to be like, hey, I don't want to be drafted. So the other sports do Football too, right? Football does Uh, The football you have to declare as well because you also have... um, university eligibility after after three years like you you can you got to declare yourself for the draft yeah right do, do you want me to read a statement please yeah do you have a okay. yeah so being drafted he sent this july 20th in the morning yes and so, this came this is because katie strang's article came out and this came out came out on the same day as a response 
Right. Being drafted into the NHL is an honor and a privilege that no one takes lightly. The NHL draft should be one of the most exciting landmark moments in a player's career. And given the circumstances, I don't feel I have demonstrated strong enough maturity or character to earn that privilege in the 2021 draft. If I, if I were to ever have the honor of being selected, I would want a fan base to be proud to welcome me to their organization. I know it will take time for society to build back the trust I have lost. And that is why I think it is best that I renounce myself from the 2021 NHL draft and ask that no one select me this upcoming week. I feel that this would allow me the opportunity to demonstrate an adequate level of maturity and character next season with the London Knights in the OHL and provide all the NHL teams the opportunity to reassess my character toward the 2022 NHL draft. Logan Mayu. Now, uh, let me let me backtrack on that because there is a, um, a Corey Pron- excuse me Corey Pronman and Katie Strang. Uh, their reporting has been spectacular on this and the Blackhawks and many other things, the Coyotes. Um, but Mayu also tried to paint the victim as vindictive to both both police and NHL teams. And let me read a clip from The Athletic, because obviously that apology, you think, okay, well, um, boy, you, you better put in some work. Um, and you better start, you know, like like literally, I don't even know where to begin with that. But, it, you know, there's, there's somebody at least saying I did it, and here's why I did it, which is more than what we get for most people. I'm not like, giving him any credit, but it's literally the base. We don't usually get zero. Like, that brings – like, we don't get that normally. It's, it's more like, oh, well, you know, I'm sorry. This is, okay, I did it, and here's why I did it. That's, that's the type of apology bare minimum should be expected. There's there, – there, a lot of the reaction is, like, so what? You can just never do anything ever again. You know what I mean? And with renouncing himself from the draft, there was a path forward, right? There hasn't been an adequate apology yet, at least in the eyes of the victim, Mm -hmm. right? There hasn't been an adequate apology. And her opinion is frankly the only one that matters, right? Yeah. But there's a path forward here. You got a year to get this right. Or to start. Or to start. And you're going to be playing in the Ontario Hockey League. You're going to be playing in the OHL. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and so, so let, me, let me read this, Steve, to add to that point. Pre this statement, Dylan Liptrap, who is one of Mayu's agents, referred to his, uh, to his original statement on the matter when asked for comment. In a later text exchange, by the way, this is from The Athletic, Katie Strang and Corey Promen. In a later text exchange, Liptrap offered to provide context on the situation, but stipulated that the information can only be used off the record and couldn't be shared with anyone. Informed that the athletic was looking for on-the-record information uh, only, Lip Traps wrote, sounds like the motivation here is very clear. He added he wanted to provide off-the-record context before the angry cancel culture mob gets him in his gra- in its grasp. In a daily face-off report, uh, Mayu was quoted as telling Swedish police investigators that he believed the woman wanted to, quote, ruin his life. Multiple sources told the athletic that in interviews with some NHL teams, Mayu has portrayed the woman as vindictive. Um, so, you know, so that there's, so there's that. Okay. So, you know, initially what they tried to do is say, oh, this is, this is just some crazy person, but it's obviously come out that she's not just some crazy person. 
She is a victim of a sex crime. And that's what this is. Yep. And so, you know, that is its own story. So I don't want you to confuse what I was saying earlier by, by saying that he is not the story here. But as it pertains to the NHL, Mark Bergevin is the story. Because in that statement that Steve read, Mayu said, I don't want to be drafted. I renounce it. Do not want to be there. Give me a year to get started on this. Mm -hmm. And with pick 31 in the 2021 NHL draft, the Montreal Canadiens selected him. Now, this is one of those situations where as a, as a fan, I, I don't know, you, 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 like, you know, we talked about the, the, the fake um, Twitter accounts. I was, uh, I was on a road trip and uh, I thought that somebody was faking this and I thought it was a shitty joke. I actually thought like it was like a, a shitty joke. And, and then beyond that, the rapidity and speed at which the Montreal Canadiens issued a statement like minutes later. Mm -hmm. So they knew that this was going to happen. I think they knew the whole time. Well, and so Trevor Timmons, who is a part of the Montreal scouting staff, um, gave an interview afterwards and was asked by a reporter. And Jesse, I'm not sure if you have which one. And then, then we'll get into the discussion on this. I just want to set up the story here. I do. Um, um, was asked by a reporter. Marc-Antoine Godin. There you go. Who's actually a great follow? He is. Um, Jesse, do you want to go ahead and play the clip? I definitely can. Um, in a statement, he says that uh, he thought that he did not earn the right to be drafted. Uh, why? I mean, ba based on that, if the player thinks that, why do you think the opposite? <laughs> Your app hasn't crashed. He just hasn't spoken yet. Why do, what do you mean? Why do, what do I think the opposite? Can you well, expand on that a little bit? So that was, sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize it had actually ended. I was mm -hmm. used to the long pause from the previous thing. So how um, long is that pause? It's 15 seconds? Oh, no. It's much longer than that. I keep seeing 21. Long enough. Yeah. Long enough. I don't know if the amount of seconds matters. Long enough. And that's at the end of the second day. Um, and he, he didn't have an answer. The guy didn't have an answer. He'd have he'd prepared. He'd had time to prepare between rounds two and seven to answer that question. Right. Right. Jesse, do yeah. you have what he eventually answered? No. I, I will send it to you. I'll send it to you right away. Because okay. now, I, I think that's important. I think it's important here, too, that we read the Montreal Canadiens statement in its fullest. So after this pick's announced, here's what Montreal puts out online. By drafting prospect Logan Mayu uh, with the 31st overall pick, the Montreal Canadiens organization not only selected a promising hockey player, notice that that's the lead, mm -hmm. but also a young man who recently admitted to making a serious mistake. Canadians are aware of the situation and by no means minimize the severity of Logan's action. Logan understands the impact of his actions. How could he yet? It's my question. His recent public statement is a genuine acknowledgement of poor behavior and the first step on his personal journey. We are making a commitment to accompany Logan on his journey by providing him 
with the tools to mature uh, and the necessary support to guide him in his development. We are also committed to raising awareness among our players about the repercussions of actions on the lives of others. So the first thing I'll say about that statement, there's no mention of the victim. All right. You know, there's nothing. And, you know, the Montreal Canadiens PR staff has to put this out because they're at the whim of Mark Bergevin, who's ultimately making the call here. And at no point do the Canadians organization acknowledge her, acknowledge the stigma that will surround her, because I can guarantee you all of her friends and, and, and family and everybody she ever went to school with and ever knew knows about this. Okay. I can guarantee you that. Somebody Googles her name 20 years from now, this could still come up. And it's understanding and the lack of understanding of how important and how wrong that is. Uh, I'm, I'm shocked. Like the Canadians as a token could have said, we also commit to paying for the therapy of uh, the victim. They could have done anything. They didn't even mention that she exists. It's a young man. He's young. Made a serious mistake. And we're committed to guiding him. What about her? Who's guiding her? And a lot of people said those were the actions of a 17-year-old, which is true. He was 17. Mm -hmm. The apology came from an 18-year-old. He's 18 right now. He's a legal adult. So stop that shit. Stop all that. One thing Bergevin said after... Uh, he was drafted in the press conference. He was describing the actions of Mel Yu as unacceptable. Arpan Basu reported that he said it uh, four times in 12 minutes. He described what uh, Logan did as unacceptable. But by drafting him, they proved that the Canadians thought the actions were acceptable and that even though he feels he doesn't deserve to be drafted, that they can accept what he did and they can grow from there and move on. But if it was actually unacceptable, you wouldn't have accepted it and you would have not drafted him as per his own wishes. Can I read a quote that I find particularly offensive to that point, Jesse? Would you guys mind? Is that okay? Is this from Bergerman? We understand and we're fully aware of the organization, as uh, fully aware, and we as an organization, uh, it's unacceptable, but also it's a young man who made a terrible mistake. So here's the thing. Let me read that one more time because I bungled that sentence. We understand and we're fully aware, and we as an organization uh, find it very unacceptable, but it's also a young man that made a terrible mistake. So you already know that everything before the word but doesn't matter. He's 18, year old, 18 years old and he's willing and he understands and he's remorseful and he has a lot of work to do, but he's already started to, ready for this, put it behind him and have a hockey career. There's Put it the, behind him? The Canadians organization here, they put uh, common decency behind hockey. You know, they, they feel like, okay, no matter what, we got, we got a great prospect here. And it doesn't matter what this person did in their personal life or anything, because hockey is over anything, even being a, res- a respectable organization and being respectable people to a person who was victimized. Like, no, none of that stuff comes before hockey. And that's, a sh- that's such a shame. Well, and <laughs> Jesse, do you have the clip that I yeah. sent you? The Trevor you want to play the rest clip? of it? Yes, please, please. do. I'm not sure. This is important. It's important because a big part of this whole thing is, well, but he asked not to be drafted. He asked not to be drafted. 
right? That should matter. That's a big part of it. Kind of does matter, right? Why do, what do you mean? Uh, why do, what do I think the opposite? Can you well, expand on that a little bit? Well, it's just that if he, uh, I mean, he, he thought that because of his actions, because of where he was at, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think I just touched on that, Marc Antoine, that I thought he was emotional when that came out. Um, you know, maybe today he would think a little differently, but we felt comfortable, you know, with what the information that we have and, you know, with this interview that, you know, we, we truly believe that he was remorseful mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, we're going to help him, you know, through this difficult time, the difficult waters that he has. And we have a really good support staff that's going to help him along. And uh, we believe in, in him and, and that he'll become a, a better person from all this. I'm going to make you listen to that again. I'm going to make you listen to that quote again. I'm going to cut it off. We don't what need do, the whole mean, thing. I'm... Sorry, I, I'm going to make you listen to that quote again because a key part of this, remember I said there's a path forward. You know, he's he's taking himself out of the draft for a year. There's a start for at least a year. There's a start, right? Like there, there's there is potential for. Uh, I don't I don't know I don't know what the word is reconciliation perhaps. There's there's a path forward for him to improve himself, for him to adequately apologize, for him to adequately mature, which is something that he's going for. Right? Play the quote again, please, Jesse. This is Trevor Timmons of the Montreal Canadiens, assistant general manager. Why do, what do you mean? Uh, why do, what do I think the opposite? Can you well, expand on that a little bit? Well, it's just that if he, uh, I mean, he thought that because of his actions, because of where he was at, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I think I just touched on that, Marc Antoine, that I thought he was emotional when that came out. Um, you know, maybe today he would think a little differently, but we felt Stop. comfortable. So, he was emotional when he sent what Trevor the statement where he asked to not be selected in the draft. If he could, he, he would, he'd maybe handle it differently. Is that what he said? He'd do it a little differently. Cause that, that negates his entire apology. Did, did the assistant general manager of the Montreal Canadians imply that the player he's just, he just drafted is entirely full of shit. That's an awful lot what it sounded like. Can I add to that? Go ahead. Here's another quote you guys are going to find interesting. Tim had said, Rob Ramage, the Canadian's director of player development, has already started working with Mayu and added that the team's community relations people have a plan in place for him. Here's the quote. I know Logan meets with a lady psychiatrist a couple times a week, and we're looking forward to welcoming him to camp. A lady psychiatrist. Yeah. And... And then when they they requoted Bergevin, uh, they left out that part. Or sorry, Trevor. Yeah, account for hockey had that. Yeah, a lady. Yeah. Now, I you Clean know up his words a little. Yeah, which is bullshit, by the way. Like I know they did it on purpose, but it's total bullshit. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing: this person says that they don't want to be drafted and they need to work on themselves. Let them. Let them. But the Montreal Canadiens couldn't. And you know why? Greed. They don't give a shit. They don't care. It's yeah, greed. That's exactly if, it. if I If I hit Steve with my car and, and Steve has to go to the hospital and I get charged with reckless driving and I say to the cops, guys, I didn't mean it. 
mm-hmm. they don't drop the fucking charges. Or if I say, guys, I'm so sorry, they don't drop the charges. There are consequences to your actions. And the Montreal Canadiens did not allow for this player and this person, more importantly, to start to make amends for it. And instead, they rewarded him with being the 31st overall pick, which I believe is a first-round pick. Is he not? It is, yep. it is now. Didn't used to be. It is now. No, so he was drafted on Friday. It's the first round. Yep. So this is, this is, and this is the... <laughs> By the way, I believe that was that not the last pick of that round, or was no. it? Was it what happened? One more? What no. happened afterwards was, <laughs> I assume we'll get to that. What I was on the road. Afterwards? I was on a road trip, so I missed that part. Oh, you didn't so, even, Jesse. You want to, Adam? You wouldn't oh, believe gosh. it if we showed you. You yeah. wouldn't believe it if, if we showed happened? you. It was some of the worst fifteen minutes in National Hockey League history. After uh, Logan is drafted and their the storm happens, Stan Bowman walks out onto stage to announce the Blackhawks draft pick. Because they traded for the last pick of the round. They, they traded for the thirty second pick. So. He walks out with eight women surrounding him. Three are recent hires by the Chicago Blackhawks, and the rest are within the organization. They're like, we're not trying to denigrate these women or anything they do within hockey. It was just such a blatant PR stunt. And it, everybody, it was so it's patronizing. It was Fridge like, called gross. it out as what it is. It's, it's it was performative. It was performative, and it was disgusting to see uh, Bowman there, surrounded by these women, just so you can um, dis- try and distract from a giant sexual assault lawsuit against the organization. He's, discred- he's trying gross. to discredit this guy, which has one has nothing to do with the other. By the way, let's just throw that out there. Just trying to distract, and it was performative, and it was gross, and it was just awful scenes. It it. Uh, Man, Adam, you wouldn't believe the visual if I showed it to you. I'm gonna have you, to you would have thought now. someone so photoshopped that. It. Anybody watching on YouTube, it's on screen right now. Okay, oh, okay. well, yeah. I'll be watching it on YouTube along with you. And let me just say this one more time so we're clear. The Montreal Canadiens selected this player because they're greedy. They don't give a shit about the victim. They don't give a shit about the player's development. And in fact, here's what they're going to do down the road. Are you ready for this? They're gonna. They're going to present you a rehabbed and fully uh, reasonable Logan Mayu, and they're gonna say we did this. Well, Adam, th- how about this? What if it doesn't matter? What if it doesn't matter that he's improved himself? What if all that matters is other teams have done bad things too? Do we want to address this crowd? Sure. Do we want to address? Well. <sighs> Well, just address it quickly. Yes, I, I was flooded with it. it me the too. Argument. All I had to turn, I did, couldn't turn on my Twitter mentions because it was the only thing I got on Friday. Yes, trolls well, from Leaf fans, fans. Leaf fans don't have a leg to stand on because a pedophile worked at Maple Leaf Gardens for two decades. If you're comparing this to that, you might be against the pick. If you're comparing one to the other, why aren't you screaming? With your entire chest that the Montreal Canadiens should renounce this pick entirely. Are you joking? Are you are you well? Are you okay? Do you want to talk? That you think this is okay because other bad things have happened. Like this is this, we've brought this up on the show a few times. It's a it's a horrible form of argument. And best case scenario, that's bad too. Two wrongs don't make a right. Are you a child? Are you an actual child? Two wrongs don't make a right. That's bad, too. It's a little bit worse than bad, actually. 
grow up. Oh my God! Right. Grow up. And one thing I'll say Get a about brain. that is that it is a uh, allowed minority. Those people. sure the the troll yes. the trolling the trolling yes. community is it's a select few of people who made a huge bunch of noise defending the Canadians in this pick. The, yeah, like the ninety eight percent of people understood what was happening, and then two percent of people chose to take what happened on Friday night and to go on the internet and troll everybody. Right, and, and take this. Oh, and 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 ignore. And, and block them, ignore them, right. mute them. And yeah. it's like first name, last name, bunch of bunch of numbers. Exactly. Like they're not a real they fucking Twitter account. Because when you block uh, them, got they a, hang you and, on the wall. Like and they've got a Canadian years. flag, and they, you know, we we were proud. Fuck. It's off. funny how a lot of them um, were also anti-vaxxers and freedom police. Shocking. It was now, crazy. I I don't know. It's crazy how they always find each other. Um, I think at the end of the day here, at the end of the day, they're. You know, people say, well, is there nothing this kid can do to turn it around? Oh, I'm sure there's things that he can do. No, just don't draft him three days after he has not to be drafted. Thank you. Thank you. How about we let him put in the work first for maybe a year? How about we How about, you know what I'd like to do? Bare fucking minimum is this kid should be talking to every CHL team every year about this, about why you cannot do this about how he has to live with this every day. And more importantly, that the woman involved in this case has to live with this every day. Because you know what, oh boo hoo, you gotta live with it? Imagine you're her. This is an intimate moment, a private moment between two people. And she did not consent to this. And she does not deserve this. And what I hate about this is she continues to be forgotten. The Canadians, Bergevin, Timmins, Ramage, all the PR staff of the Montreal Canadiens and a lot of these dickheads online that you're talking about, we need to stop talking about him. It's time for him to go away and do some work. And yeah. it's time for the hockey community to wake up and stop letting, letting this girl should help her. She wanted an apology. That's all she asked for in the first place. And they're like, oh, cancel culture is going to try to ruin this kid's life. She just wanted a fucking apology. That's all she asked for. Adam, you asked and, to forget about this kid. That's not no. He gets to go play for the number one uh, junior hockey team in the entire world. He gets to go play for the London Knights next year. Mark That's what gets London to happen. Knights. And the Montreal Canadiens decided to make what happened to this woman an international story in a foreign country. You know, now she's international news because they chose to draft him. And let me ask this too: the London Knights had better step up to the plate. I'm not expecting much, but they what better. For? What for? No, they already released their statement saying they're going to work with him. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then they left it. Also, the London Knights have been led to believe uh, that they're infallible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Mark why, Hunter why? was quoted why? in Katie Strang and uh, Corey Promen's article saying um, as she reported from Scout saying that Mark Hunter has been speaking highly of Logan to scouts yeah. in the NHL. Improve. He's, he's been, he's been um, backing his character. Improve? What for? What for? I got all these people in my corner. And I tell you what, as long as we're bringing up names, uh, here's one we haven't brought up yet. Um, Gary Bettman. This isn't the name, by the way. Gary Bettman. What do we always call him? Like, especially around lockout talk, what do we call him? A lawyer. A lawyer. But we've used we've used a word. Dartboard. Yes. And that's his job as the commissioner. When the owners are angry or when they want something and when people need to be angry at the owners, the owners say, oh, well, we don't want that. Let's wheel out the dartboard. He's their proxy. Mm -hmm. So they bring out Gary. 
Jeff Molson. Mm-hmm. Everyone in that organization is a big dartboard right now. All the controversies everyone's been bringing up, you know, oh, they hired Sean Burke, this and that and that. I'm sure you've seen lots of controversies with the Montreal Canadiens over the years. Jeff Molson's been there the whole time. I don't understand the Sean Burke one. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, I don't Google know it. what happened Let me Google either. it. Sorry, I thought you did. That's that's no, why sorry. I uh, said it. I'll go to his... Uh, wikipedia page no, there was a, wasn't there a tweet or something was that what you, is that oh what you're uh he i think he did have some shitty tweets yeah i think uh, uh, november a decision like this needs to come from the top down and jeff molson is 100 percent to blame here everyone in their organization who knew about this pick and approved it deserves some blame here so it, whether he called whether bergevin called molson first or not molson could i mean listen there's there's plausible deniability here. He could say, well, I didn't know Bergevin was going to do that. So in, in, the, in the event that he didn't, though, Bergevin is still his hire. Yeah. So if he doesn't like it, renounce the pick. Yep. Uh, it's amazing to read these things listed one after the other. In September 2016, Burke joined the Montreal Canadiens as a professional scout. On July 25th, 2017, he was announced as the general manager of Canada's men's team for the 2018 Wimper, <laughs> Winter Olympics in Pyeongchang. That I didn't know. On March, uh, In March 2021, Burke was appointed as the director of goaltending for the Montreal Canadiens. It very aggressively switches to uh, personal life, uh, and I will skip to the paragraph. On November 2nd, 1997, Burke and his then-wife, Leslie, were both arrested following or for assault following an alleged altercation at their home. Despite the incident, the Carolina Hurricanes chose not to suspend Burke. In January 1998, Burke was fined $2,000, sentenced to 18 months probation, and required to com- uh, complete an educational program on domestic violence after pleading guilty to the assault charge. And there is a link on the Wikipedia to the story from the Washington Post. That's in 1998. And also something from the Los Angeles Times, January 1998. Okay. So that be that as it may. Um, and I, I mean, really, I think in, in that case, you just hope beyond hope that, uh, I mean, I, I don't see how the Montreal Canadiens could have, could have asked much in terms of receipts for that, but we always talk about that. You know, again, I, I credit Ashley docking with telling me that years ago uh, when we did some sports radio shows together, she's like, you know, I said, when we, when we're talking about these incidents with professional players and assault and whatever else you get into trouble for, uh, what do you need to see for somebody to come back and be able to play? She said receipts Said I need to know that they went out and got help. I need to know that they're giving back. Uh, and a multitude of things. And, you know, at the, at the end of the day, they're saying they're, they're going to work with them. Um, and I, I have to say, I just don't believe it. And frankly, I'd rather them work with her first. You know, why don't you, why don't you set, up some, set up a fund for her with your money? Don't ask for your fans' money, for her, with your money, and go and support her and get her the help that she's going to need. And I think it's really important that we, we acknowledge that. It's a, um, it's a really, really unbelievable situation that we're in right now. And we'll get to the, the Stan Bowman stuff in a second. But let us not forget the head of player personnel when the much-talked-about Chicago Blackhawks incident involving Bruce Aldridge and John Doe, NHL player. The, develop, the player, player development head was Mark Bergevin. 
This is the guy that said this player wants to put it behind him. I'm sure he would. You know, listen, this player needs to own this and make sure that nobody else does this. Your job now is to get out there and to tell young players, you cannot do this because this is what it did to the bit. This is what I did to somebody else. And it's horrible. And I live with that guilt every day. And she's got to live with uh, the, the situ, the stigmas that come with that. And oh, if Adam. we don't, if we don't acknowledge, if we don't go out and we do these things, I, I, I just, man, it's just so unbelievable. The NHL as a organization cannot say, cannot say any, everyone can play. And you know, when we, we, we have a zero tolerance policy and then draft this fucking guy, like really? And this is the, well, it happened before the NHL. Okay. Well, great. Well, and Adam, you know, gosh, I don't know why we're giving the Montreal Canadiens such a hard time because if they didn't pick him, someone else would have. Hmm? Good. Let someone else pick him. The, yes, exactly. If someone else was going to pick him, let them do the wrong thing. Can we all acknowledge it was the wrong thing to do? Mm -hmm. It was the wrong thing to do. And now this kid is surrounded by an unbelievable amount of people who aren't going to do shit for him. All right. It's They're going to teach him how to stick handle better. Yep. Yeah. And it's, and it's pure greed on the Montreal Canadians part. Yeah. Um, and uh, boy, I mean, especially if you are, a, 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 I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. And yeah. I, I can't imagine that Mark Bergman is going to be a GM in this league much longer. Um, I know that they're going to not, they're going to try everything they can not to release the findings of what happened in Chicago. But I bet you those things come out. There's going to be more than Mark that may be in trouble. Allegedly. I hope nobody involved in that case gets to work in hockey. It's disgusting. It's just, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's, and you could see now a little bit, and I might be extrapolating here, but you can see how, how that might have happened. Right? Can't you? The flippancy and the dismissal of well, this. And, and and you know what? I will drag Gary Bettman into this. Did, like the pure visual, the the Logan pick at thirty one and what the Blackhawks did at thirty two. Was no one made aware? <laughs> the, uh, was was no one like Jesus? Christ, that's your idea? All right. No. Stan, you shouldn't even be going up there right now. Have someone else announce the pick. The Blackhawks thing was also announced on the 21st, which I believe is Wednesday. They announced that uh, they would have eight women announcing their picks throughout Friday and Saturday of the draft. So it was it was well known. The, the PR release came out from the Blackhawks that they were doing this. And then on Friday, it rolled up right after that pick. The All the women surrounding Stan Bowman and look how great they are. They tried to portray and everybody saw through it and they saw this disgusting PR stint. Okay, just, like for everybody who's uh, no matter what gender you are and you're just a fan of hockey and you watched what happened on Friday and you're like, wow, this game really doesn't care about me. And it, it's not for everyone. Just it's not it's 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 a select few in the game. Like this isn't everything that hockey stands for. And like, I know we're trying to create a space where you're welcomed here and the NHL didn't show you that on Friday. So 
hold these people accountable because the the more we hold the Canadians, the more we hold the league accountable for all of the, these horrific things that seem to consistently happen within the NHL, the more it'll be weeded out. So that's 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 the only advice I can do if you felt like hopeless on Friday about the the state of the game and the things you saw. Just keep holding these people accountable. This can't be like a 24-hour news cycle. It ha- I'm so happy um, it dropped on the Friday and then Monday everyone was still talking about it. Like, it was still the number one story today because you don't want to forget that this happened and every time Logan's name comes up it should the first question should be okay what have you done to make good of this what have you done Canadians to to just try and redo this mess that you've created here and other uh, than the lady psychologist right then and, and without answers like that so just keep holding these people accountable because it's the only way we're going to get change is if you don't stop making noise and, uh, you know, I did bring up the trolls and everything. Most of the Canadians fans that I've seen and that I've spoken to are mortified. Oh, of course. Embarrassed, yeah. I got, I was, I, you know who I get messages from now? Hawks and Canadians fans going, I'm embarrassed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't know Just if I can damn. cheer for this. Two two months of amazing memories, like from this White. past spring slash summer, erased. Um, and won probably three Stanley Cups completely tainted mm-hmm. for the Chicago Blackhawks. Like it's mm-hmm. yeah. Gary Bueller and everybody that, that, that tells us, cause you, you know, you're going to get comments below that say, um, uh, that say something to the effect of, you know, I come to this show for an escape. You guys spent way too much time on that. Yo, we come to this sport for an escape. Yeah. If this sport would start acting right, maybe we could have some fun here. Like, like, I don't, I, I, you know, this is the thing, like, this is stuff you learned nothing. And that's the shocking part. This is a, a quote from the Donnie and Dally show, just to give you an idea of how deep the problem is in sports. The Donnie and Dally show, uh, agent, hockey agent, Kevin Epp joined the show. Puckpedia has him as the 20th highest grossing agents in hockey right now. This is a transcript of what he said on that show. Uh, from Samantha CP underscore on Twitter. Here it is. Uh, And this is Oliver Ekman Larson's agent. So I think that's maybe the context. Uh, But I think you've seen over the years, there's been a lot of free agents and players that haven't come to Vancouver or Canadian markets because they don't want to be under the scrutiny of every day uh, is do or die in the fans and media's eyes because, you know, one day, you know, look at Mark Bergevin and, you know, he's up for GM of the year and, you know, he makes a move in the draft. And next thing you know, people are, you know, calling, uh, calling for him in a certain way. And, you know, prior to them beating Toronto, I mean, there was lots of talk that he was going to be let go or fired and then he's up for GM of the year. So it's just the climate. That's one of the biggest agents in the sport. Who said that? What? Kevin Epp. Oh, can you read it again without the you knows? Uh, yes, it's difficult because there's yeah. lots. Um, yeah, because okay. Kevin knew he was he was speaking incorrectly. But I think you've seen over the years there's been a lot of free agents and players that haven't come to Vancouver or Canadian markets because they don't want to be under the scrutiny of every day is do or die in the fans and media's eyes because one day you look at Mark Bergevin and he's up for GM of the year and he makes a move in the draft and next thing you know people are calling calling for him in certain ways. <clears throat> Mm. 
he, he missed the point on a way in, in, in by a measure that I don't know if science has. <laughs> That's one of the biggest things. That up to, I don't get it. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. Oh, well, you know, and it's because of Canada, the Bergevin one day is up for GM of the year. And, and the next day after the draft, we're, we're mad at him. It's, it's the fans' fault. Kevin, Don't ever forget it. that. It's uh, unbelievable, Kevin. That's horrible. And I'm just going to take a guess that there are a lot of people in hockey who think like that right now. 100%. And just don't and, get it. And uh, I listened, like, I actually listened to the clip. Um, like, I'm not misquoting him. She's no. not misquoting him. Um, wowzers. Is that some kind of bad? So we'll, we'll leave it there for now. Uh, but remember this, it's pure greed, pure and simple. That's it. That's all. And uh, I don't know who's going to hold these guys accountable except for you. All right. So you, um, I don't know. I don't even know how to, how to properly organize that. But I think you need to understand and keep going. And like, you know, I think every time the Chicago Blackhawks post on Twitter, and I think Steve did this too, um, you know, when the Seth Jones trade happened and there was those eyeballs that they tweeted out, people were like, oh, are you going to make the findings of the investigation public? Yeah. I That's mean, what it should be about. Do not let them change the conversation and until if, they do it. If the somehow, yeah, if somehow uh, the Montreal Canadiens or Chicago Blackhawks social team sees this, um, I can only assume your job is a nightmare right now. Yeah. It's nothing against you. Um, but yeah, it's amazing to me that they're probably dealing with more anguish on a day-to-day basis than either general manager. Right. Yeah, their company that- put them in that position and they, and like the company should be embarrassed by what they did to their people. I think yeah. too, like you got to understand these social media people who run these accounts are often low paid, overworked people, and they are, um, abused regularly online. And so I think it's important too to remember that. Uh, the words family and Stan Bowman don't see your tweets, but keep them coming anyway, because yeah. the social media people, you know, don't, don't demonize the people writing the tweets because they have to do what they have to do. But remember, so remember them, but go back at them and say, make, make those things public because when they do their reports at the end of the month about the most reactions that they're going to get and who, who liked this and who liked that. They're going to have to include that in those reports and then Stan and the words family and all of those people see it. And it's not pretty. It's not going to be pretty. I'm shocked that Jeff Molson hasn't made a statement yet. We'll see if that happens. Yeah. Doubt it. And just, I'm not. just for context, one week ago, we were all sitting here talking about uh, Luke Prokop, who came out as the first uh, gay active NHL or hockey player, professional hockey player. And now NHL we're drafted here, player. NHL yeah. drafted player, yeah. And, um, and now we're sitting here uh, talking about this because the NHL is, can't get out of the way of itself. Yeah, I don't. I don't remember where I read it, but it's one step forward and two steps back. And mm-hmm. That's the National Hockey League. I do want to say uh, I, I heard that. Uh, I'm not sure how true this story is. I think it's when I understand it was confirmed that uh, Elton John called Luke Prokop. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, that's yeah, no, I, I did actually see that online, which is pretty know. cool. I liked mm-hmm. that. That was really nice. And apparently, he's known for doing that. Yeah. There's um, been so so much over the past yeah. week. Like, I just, I <laughs> you can't process it all. It's impossible. Now, I do want to say that I'm really upset that you guys didn't have to do an alternate stream of rounds two through seven. Um, the NHL so draft I- <laughs> is the worst product the awesome. NHL produces. It's, so it's bad. no, so they could make so awful. much money. It's 
people forget it's not usually like this. <laughs> it's not usually it's usually day two, three hours. They go boom, 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 boom. It's way easier to do in person. When I was there in 2014, that was the only one that I stayed there for the whole thing. I was just like, oh, it's done. Like it it usually goes so much faster than that. But <laughs> last year they held it digitally and it was probably thrown together really quick. And it took, it was like seven, eight hours. It was unbelievable. And they had a year to shave that down. And it was still seven hours. And I tweeted this. You had enough time. You, 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 here's two options. You can watch the 2021 NHL draft day two, or you could watch all three of the original Star Wars movies with time for bathroom and snack breaks. Are you serious? The only justification there is, you know, it is a lot about the players and it should be a special day for them and a special moment and everything. And you're trying to include everybody. I get it. Seven hours. It can't happen again. It just can't do whatever you got to do. It can't happen again. Hey, we found a way to get it down to five. That's better than seven. Can't happen again. Round one on Friday ended at like mid quarter after midnight. For 30 picks, there's no excuse. I I get making awful. it about the players. Tell the story. Tell it quickly. And don't forget who it's really about. I know that draft day is, is you know, it's a very special day for the players and their families. But the reality is, it's always about the fans. Yeah, well, and that's and that's what that's what everybody needs to understand on this is that the NHL needs to gear their shit towards the fans. It's what I had a problem with with the Seattle thing. I mean, I, I think if you were there in person, that Seattle broadcast, who cares what the broadcast looks like? That would have been fun, of course. But the but the broadcast looked like shit, <laughs> and and that's just the end of it. That's it. Just looked like shit. It wasn't good. And you've got the money and the ability to make it good, and you didn't. You just chose not to awkward banner between the hosts like come on and and then and this and this idea well we got to make it great for the players no actually when you're broadcasting something you make it special for the players and you can make it special for the people watching at home who and by the way these select few people who will stomach watching the nhl draft because it's been so fucking boring and don't tell me you can't do both because i watch the nba draft every year i don't know who any of these fucking players are i don't have time to watch the ncaa but i'm like you know what i'm really excited that he went fifth overall he seems like he really deserved it because they tell a great story and and that is what i'm talking about the nhl just cannot do this start hiring storytellers stop Stop this nonsense of just cheaping out on every broadcast. You could be making a fucking fortune and connecting with the youth audience that you so badly want. I know that you hired one guy from TikTok, but he's not going to change that much. Who also has a like, troubled past. You know what I mean? Oh, it's just, it just makes you fucking crazy. I just, Adam, they, oh. they, they, could, uh, they better hire J.R.R. Tolkien if it's going to be seven hours. <laughs> Like, I don't know Man. if there's a storyteller. I don't know if there's a broadcaster yeah. on earth that can make seven hours of rounds two through seven of the NHL draft compelling. Uh, seven, seven. As Stop an aside, it. did J.R. Toklin have editors or did they like, did editors exist back then? 
I'm just wondering because that are was, you those gonna shit are, on Lord of the Rings? Fuck yeah, those yo listen stories. What is wrong? Those books are way too hey, long. Why do we need that's... to devote 120 pages to the Shire right at the beginning? This no, thing's no, one he... of the greatest piece of written works in history. Jesse, I'm and Adam, and I hate Jesse. it. And then he smoked his pipe and then he sat back and then he invited someone over and oh man, 10 years passed. And then he smoked his pipe again. What was going on? Just next imagine. episode, Adam says he doesn't like Shakespeare. He was overrated. I love Shakespeare, but <laughs> there's some tweaks that could happen. Uh, Jesse, Jesse, you know, Adam's got a point. Like imagine the success J.R.R. Tolkien could have been. <laughs> if he yeah. only had an editor. I love Lord Hopefully of the he made something of his career. I love yeah. Lord of the Rings, but you can't tell me that he gets to a point. Ah, no, Adam, you needed to be there to coach mm. him along the way. Jesus. You know what? No, I like Adam. He's, he saw something good and he's like, I'm going to make it better. <laughs> what, you, don't anybody who's read Lord of the Rings cannot tell me that they, they could have shaved 100, 150 pages out of that. There's, there's no detail in the first 120 pages that's like, you know what? I'm really glad they devoted the 120 pages at the end of the book because I wouldn't have known what type of weed he smoked in his pipe. Yeah. Just stupid. Yeah. Have you guys read the books though? No, I think I think everything no. would have gone better for You didn't read uh, the books, so you don't trust everything would have gone better. You know, Lord of the, the Rings would have turned out well. more successful. Uh, on Wikipedia it says the two R's stand for redundant and really long. <laughs> it's, you know, imagine the kind of success, man. Imagine right. the kind of success he could have been. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. So the Vancouver Canucks finally get their man three years after trying to get their man for the first time. Oliver Ekman Larson is now a Vancouver Canuck. Apparently he's going to play with Quinn Hughes. Have we Um, not done a show? No. Oh my God. This week's been a month. I know. (laughs) Oh my God. This weekend was a month. Yeah. It's it's been two days. (laughs) Now. So what's interesting about this is they traded a bunch of guys who are on expiring deals. They would have had a ton of free cap space next summer. Mm -hmm. Traded Beagle, Roussel. Uh, Louis Erickson, all to Arizona, all the bad deals. They took back a bad deal in Oliver Ekman Larson, although they don't see it that way. And they got Connor Garland, who's very useful and a good player. Yep. Now, so, and then they, they also had to trade the ninth overall pick, which yeah, is plus two seconds. Can I read the right. full trade? Please do. Context. Yes, please. So uh, the Coyotes got Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle, Louis Erickson, the first round pick of Vancouver this year, which was the number nine pick. Vancouver's uh, second round pick next year and Vancouver's seventh in 2023. And Vancouver got OEL and the Coyotes retained 12% of his salary, which is 990,000, uh, 100,000. And then uh, Connor Garland, also who needs a contract. 
That, by the way, is the Coyotes making lemonade out of a shit sandwich because they got the ninth pick after surrendering the 11th. Right. Because they cheated. Good for the, well, yes, Jesse, because they tweeted. They also have five second rounders next year, which is the silliest thing I've ever seen on capfriendly.com. And you know what? They might have, you could almost look at it like they didn't give up anything at all. Almost like the Leafs gave up nothing when they gave up Hollander. And are not getting into that. Now, uh, no, you're right. Uh, but, you know, the thing with the Oliver Ekman Larson trade is, and I know the Sedins are a big part of what Vancouver management is going to be right now. When I looked at the trade, I thought, Okay, so that tidies some things up for them because they still need to sign Pedersen and Hughes. And I had a bunch of Canucks fans in my mentions mad at me because they're like, well, they got enough money to get $15 million. And I'm thinking, how much do you think Hughes and Pedersen are going to make? 21 they have. They have 21 now. Yeah. They didn't before. When before the trades happened, they didn't have 21. They had 15, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, just signed for $9 million a year. Yeah, so I think they're going to be up there. Even if it's a three-year deal, they're still going to be pretty expensive. So, okay, fine. You, got the, you get to re-sign those two guys, which is excellent. The problem here is that you brought on a contract that's already bad and could be for a long, long time. And I want to acknowledge something. The Arizona Coyotes have not been good for a long time. Bro, they don't have players. <laughs> well, now they do. They might no, even play Erickson next year. That's not a player. That's not a player in, the, a guy in who, the National Hockey League. Okay. Like he's under a contract. It's not a player. Like here, let's look at this. Let's look at this alleged team. Clayton Keller, Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel actually had a very underrated season last year. Mm -hmm. Louis Erickson, Nick Schmaltz, Christian Dvorak, Antoine Roussel, Jay Beagle, Lawson Krauss, Johan Larson, Christian Fisher, Derek Broussard is a UFA. Michael Bunting is a UFA. Dryden Hunt is a RFA. John Hayden is an RFA. Lane Peterson is an RFA. They have three signed defensemen. They have Jacob Chikrin. Good. Shane Gossespierre. Oh. And Ilya Labushkin. Everyone else listed on their cap friendly is a UFA. Demers, Goligoski, Osterley, Halmerson, just retired, Ness, and Gross. They should re-sign Gross so there's an apt, like, description of their roster construction. And they're trying to get rid of Darcy Kemper, who is a good goalie. They just got rid of Aiden Hill. Antiranta is not signed to a contract. Who's going to be on the godforsaken Arizona Coyotes next year? Now, we look at the Canucks, and we're like, well, they got a bunch of cap space, and they're going to spend it. And we look at the Seattle Kraken, and we're like, well, they have a ton of cap space, and they're eventually going to spend it. Arizona? Yeah, I don't know. No, Arizona's not going to spend it. I think they're content on just kind of being shitty. And they're gonna do their thing. Like I know the Canucks are are taking the most grief on this deal because of Oliver Ekman Larson, but they're gonna ice a goddamn hockey team. The Arizona Coyotes aren't even trying. Steve, uh, you got to turn off your TV or something. Oh, that's no. We're getting Windows installed. I didn't okay. think you could hear it. <laughs> it just sounds like someone's <laughs> farting in the background. It's yeah. like, <laughs> they are. We fed them. We fed them like uh, we, it was chili. Food. Just gave them a bunch of chili. Just um, a bunch of chili. It's at thirty-seven degrees. I eat, just ate a pile of chili. It's great. Um, I I want to say this. Yeah, sorry, it was just distracting a little <laughs> from your point. Sorry, I didn't <laughs> think you could like, hear it. He's on a tear, and all yours <laughs> in the back. <laughs> Listen, the coyotes don't have a. <laughs> Anybody who they don't have anybody who plays for them. I want to know when they're going to start taking themselves seriously. 
So, so for the God's coyotes, sake, the coyotes, uh, the coyotes are not. But um, with Vancouver, man, I think this trade was made. They the Sabines went out on radio today and were talking about the, you know, what it was like to play against Oliver Ekman Larson. And you know they don't need him to be the star, right? They don't need him to be the star in Vancouver. Is basically what they said. He doesn't have it. Doesn't all fall to him? Which you know, in many years in Arizona, it did. And he was oh, yeah. in his prime, spectacular. But from everything we've seen, barring some crazy resurgence, because it's been about a three or four year decline. I, I mean, maybe he the experience is good, but that contract is long and it's expensive, and you sometimes wonder if a buyout or frankly, just playing through Bigu Roussel and, and Louis Erickson, they all would have been done this year. You wonder if that might've been smart. And then on top of that, you've got Jake for Tannen's buyout, which is happening. Um, and then on top of that, Elliot Friedman in his not 31 thoughts column that he keeps releasing said, if Braden Holby doesn't get traded do the Canucks buy him out. Why did you sign him? I don't get this that. This is the thing. The yeah. Canucks with cap space with Jim Benning at the head are dangerous. And not in a good way. It's dangerous to Canucks fans. Now, it doesn't mean that OEL won't, become, won't come in and be useful. It doesn't mean that they don't have a deeper team than Arizona does, because undoubtedly they do. Uh, it doesn't mean he won't be successful. But I, I, And I understand why they did it. They, they, traded, they traded for less cap, more years. So they'd spread it out. And what does Jim Benning care? He's not going to be there at OEL's, the end of OEL's contract. We keep but talking this, about how we're surprised he's still there. Like, I get it. How, how do the Canucks expect to get better? And I would ask the same about the Toronto Maple Leafs. So don't, you don't have to throw that in my face. And don't worry, later in the show, I will. Yeah, guys, how we, do the we, Canucks, we can't preface every conversation to stop talking about the Leafs. If we're not yeah. talking about the Leafs, stop talking about them. How do the Canucks expect to get better? Right? Do they really believe that they are the second round team that they were in the bubble because they are missing some major pieces from that team. And I, I'll grant you Pedersen was injured this year, mostly, but I don't, I don't know. I don't see it. And it's like, is it that much? Is OEL going to add that much? I'm, I got questions about that. One thing or two things i guess that um friedman was talking about with this deal on the uh 31 thoughts podcast was that uh oel didn't take well in in arizona when he had to be the guy that he wasn't set up properly to be the number one defenseman and all the pressure it didn't really work out and that the second thing was that change for the sake of change might be good for him that this could be a second half of the career resurgence just by being in a different place, being on a different team, having different responsibilities, being in a different role. And maybe there's a path to fixing his game there. But go ahead, Steve. No, no, I want your butt first. <laughs> I was going to say, but the decision-making of Jim Benning isn't something that you can be trusted. Mm -hmm. Like it, you, you see the deals on the surface and you say, okay, um, you want to go for it right now instead of waiting out the year of the contracts. Is this the guy who's going to push you over to make the playoff, to make, turn your team to a playoff team instead of uh, taking the cap space next year and then going it for it the following year? Now, some Canucks fans might be like, Steve, didn't you see and borderline advocate for a move of Duncan Keith going to the Canucks back when it was rumored? Very different. Duncan Keith, while older, 
had two years left <laughs> at his cap hit. And we were still talking about retention back then. Now there was retention on OEL, but it's $990,000. So basically a million dollars for six more years. Mm-hmm. Aren't you guys paying Phil Kessel? Yeah, it sucked, man. Yeah, it sucked. That's look still, how, how this is the last year of that. Yeah, this is the last year of that, by the way. Oh, good. Yeah, wow. the, the Leafs got a ton in return. That's why. Because they had to pay 1.2. They had they got they got a cap that was $1.2 million less than everyone else for six years. In retrospect, not so great. Um, yeah. But again, the Coyotes, they're not devoted to winning, so they don't care. Um, but it's the Vancouver Canucks who have to take this guy on for like seven million bucks. Seven point two six till Oof. he is thirty-six. Yeah. So he's thirty but, right now, six more years. It, but sorry, the justification that I gave for Keith, and and this is where I see potential here. If he if he restores his game a little bit, I believe he can also help Quinn Hughes. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge mm-hmm. factor here. Yep. Because yep. there were games where there were, there were, it's so rare that I watch another team and I feel bad for someone on that team. But there were games where I watched Quinn Hughes and I'm like, he, well, Jesus, he can't do everything, man. He can't, he's got to have someone behind him. And I thought Nate Schmidt was that guy. And supposedly they're trying to move on from him. Like, this is the, this is the, the other thing. Like, if you don't have confidence in Jim Benning making moves, he's not done. He's far from done. He's he's gonna try to trade Nate Schmidt. I don't know if he he's gonna buy try out to hold his on big to... goalie signing last year. Like and that he was tried to make up for the Tyler to Tyler Toffoli mess by buying out Jake Vertanen. Well, and also remember Jake Jake that and get the fuck out of here. Yeah, himself. yeah, but that's that's who he gave uh, money to instead of he, Tyler Toffoli. Oh. Who, who sure. was never offered a contract by the Vancouver Canucks, and then he went on to sign with Montreal at a discount and was seventh in the league in goal score. And Markstrom the, and Tanev. And, and, and Jim Benning decided to give Vertan money instead of even offering t- to fully money. Like, it's it's ridiculous decision-making. And then now he has to buy him out. I, I'm still looking at the Canucks and, you know, the justification that I gave for the crack, and we got to wait until... Uh, you know, maybe around August 1st. The, boy, the Canucks are such an incomplete picture for next season, but it, it's they don't have quite the wiggle room that the Kraken do. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the expectations. The expectations of the Kraken is they're an expansion team. <laughs> the expectations of the Canucks, I really... Mm, they are a perennial candidate to come out of nowhere. Like, I, I really do... Like the good parts of the Canucks are so damn good. They are. They are so damn good. Like they, if they made the playoffs, I wouldn't be in the least bit shocked. Well, they're in the worst division in the NHL next year. That's part of it. (laughs) But man, uh, just an ungodly, terrible division. Really, what the Carolina, Florida division used to be. Yeah. Yeah. Atlanta. Atlanta. Like like we're talking ten years ago with that division, that dog shit division that that they put together. Um, where it's like literally every year, Tampa and Tampa and Tampa and Tampa. Like it was, it just, there was nobody else to even compete with them. So long story short, it's a trade that they, the Canucks have wanted to make for a long, long time. It seems like when Jim Benning wants his man, he gets his man just a few years too late. And for a two, few too many million dollars. 
And I, I just, like I said, I, I think going into this offseason, I think the best thing for Canucks fans was that they were right up against the cap after signing. If they have to sign Pedersen and Hughes, the best thing for them is to not have cap space because you can basically guarantee it will be spent incorrectly. And we'll see. It looks like they're clearing some. So they, uh, the, the five to $7 million contracts on the Canucks, it's just, it never works out. They have seven of them currently. Just guys between five and seven million. Like, Who are they? Can you name them? Yeah, sure. Uh, we got Besser at five, five, Worth eight. It. We got Horvat at five, five. We got Worth JT it. Miller at five, two. We got OEL at, at seven, two. We got Tyler Myers at six. We got Nate nope. Schmidt at five, nine. We got uh, Thatcher Demko at five. The forwards are like, fine. The forwards, yeah, yeah, I'll take the forward group. But yeah, just absolutely. The, absolutely. These middling contracts where you're not paying stars a whole bunch, you're not paying the lower end guys a little bit. It's just right. this, this middle road that Jim Benning keeps handing out for multiple years. Like here's six years, a 5.5. Well, you, you know, you give a career fourth line center $3 million a year over multiple years after a Stanley Cup run. Like I, it, this is the Jay Beagle thing is always the thing I go back to. And people are like, it doesn't matter. At the time, Canucks media was like, oh, it doesn't matter. They have all this space. Who cares? They're not going to make the playoffs for a while. It's called foresight. Jay Beagle's not a difference maker. We are and, also and, genuinely talking from a, a place of how can we make this team better? Yeah. It has nothing to do with I like the Leafs and and the Canucks be damned. Like we really do sit here and we try to go. Because the right, good, how do the we good do parts this? are like, good. Yeah. Good how, do we, how do we do this? Those The, the contracts for Besser and Horvat, spectacular. That's great. That's great value for those players. Really. Truly. It's at least not bad. I think it's pretty good. And I, I think it's you know, good. and if Pedersen comes in at nine, nine and a half, like <sighs> you're laughing. It's better than I mean, Marner. I mean, he'll at least be Pedersen the whole time. Yeah. So uh, anyway, uh, let's move on to Sam Bennett, who actually resigned in Florida today. Um, now, I got tagged. Holy shit. That's a big number. Uh, four million, sorry, four years, 4.4 million per season. That's a he, big, big number. Because he was an animal when he showed up there. He was. And that raises a question for me about Sam Bennett and about Calgary. Is Sam Bennett that good and Calgary kept him back? Or does, does Calgary know something that Florida doesn't and this is going to tail off and this was a contract year? And what I'm beginning to see more and more with Calgary is that, like, that is, if he's that good in Florida, he's exactly the player you needed in Calgary. Why could you not get it out of him? Dude, he was, well, and remember their hesitance in dealing him was he's good in the playoffs. Goes to Florida, five points, five games. Yeah. He's as advertised. So if you can, the, the, pen, the potential is there year in and year out, right? Mm -hmm. Year in and year out, he proves that he plays his best hockey in the playoffs. Panthers are probably a playoff team. Yep. Right? Planning on it. Uh, so that's a player you take a risk on. And I think if you're the pa uh, Panthers, I don't even think it's arrogance to think that you're the, the smart team here. You're the team who can actually bring it out of him. He had 15 points in 10 games when he showed up. So, so here's the thing, uh, for everybody that, that was on, like was on me last year, I'm like, don't give up a first round pick for Sam. Man, it's crazy. It's a lot. It's a lot, man. Seems like I was wrong. But I'll so stick far. to my guns on the fact that 
I wasn't sure about that trade. And I was definitely a no-go on the Felino trade. If they were going to spend the first round pick, it should have been on Sam Bennett for sure. Um, and I also got to know what the hell is going on in Calgary that he couldn't do that there. I mean, yes, he could do it in the playoffs, but why are you playing? A guy gets 15 points in 10 games showing up in Florida. What is going on in Calgary? Well, well if, if the Matthew Kachuk rumors are to be believed that they were mad at him for always stirring stuff up, they don't, in, um, they don't like players who try. So I could see how that would have been an issue. I don't know what they're doing. And it's nothing against the Calgary Flames. I, I don't know what they're doing. Trading Matthew Kachuk, I mean, that's that's a guy who should be a cornerstone. That should that should be an untradeable. I don't get it. Well, and especially because you're you're if you're gonna re-sign Gaudreau, you're guaranteeing you're locking up a guy who does not perform in the playoffs. Well, let's let's let us let us not take Sam totally off the hook. I think he checked out. Sure, but why at some point at why did he get to that point? Years of buildup. Right. Years of what? And that's the question I have. Mm-hmm. You know, what is what is going on in Calgary that that that's just you're not maximizing the value out of your players? Because if you're a general manager, your goal is to maximize the best out of every employee that you have. And so if a guy goes to another team and takes off, you go, you got it. You got to do a little bit of thinking about why didn't that work here? You got to do a little bit of that, don't you? I would also like to give some credit to the Florida Panthers, who last year became the land of misfit toys, where everybody kind of went there and had great seasons. Because it wasn't just Sam Bennett. It was uh, Anthony Duclair. It was Carter Verhage. It was um, Alexander Wenberg, who was on like waivers from Columbus. And then he went to uh, Florida and had a great season. Like There was multiple guys who just had great years there. Even guys they kept. Mackenzie mm-hmm. Weger who allegedly could have been had for Andreas Janssen and Travis Dermott was top 10 in Norris voting. I know. I know, Adam. I know. Florida, Florida, Every day I know. They did a great job with talent last year. And it, it's, it says a lot about other organizations where all those guys came from. It's like, okay, this, this team was able to make this work. What happened with your team? You know, why didn't you see the potential in these guys? Why didn't you give Duclair the money he should, he deserved? Why didn't you uh, sign Verhage? You know, it's a uh, it's it's a testament to the talent they have in Florida and what they're doing with their roster. Yeah, well, and that's a great that's such a great point, Jesse. Like whenever a player like Jonathan Marchessault rises to prominence, because there's another guy who Tampa lost early on in the process. It wasn't, yes, it was the Panthers who gave him to Vegas, but he was he was on the Lightning. Yeah, he wasn't originally a Panther. Right. Yeah. Verhage is another guy. Mm-hmm. The Leafs organizations like got to look at themselves and go, okay, well, we were smart enough to pick him. Okay. Why okay. did we miss I'm going to pump the brakes on Carter. Why? Maybe. Why? Five, that's six years ago. It's, like, a, yes. Yes. Okay. It's, it's perhaps I, yeah. a tired topic for a podcast, but if you're an organization, you work for an organization, what do you do all day? It was you should be talking GM. about that. It was a different GM. I, I'm sorry, but I can't pin that on them. It's a different GM. No, you're right. in a different place, That's right? right. That's, Team's that in a different true. place. They're rebuilding, and Carter Verhage didn't look like much at the time. Well, I tell you what. Anyone involved in the losing of Carter Verhage, it, it should be a question on their future job interviews. Sorry. And I'm not to say I'm not to denigrate Carter Verhage's junior performance. Listen, I get it was great. Yeah. But to, it, it, do you think that anybody along the line, Islanders included, oh, who, yeah. who acquired Carter Verhage, do you think yep. anybody thought, oh, he's going to be a real, he's going to be a big piece? Apparently not. But Nobody was once good enough to it's be a good that he. Did, it's good that he did. But I, yeah. I think on that particular case, that might be a little hard. I think Sam Bennett, a guy who was playing yeah. in the NHL, 
then you can have that conversation, especially when he takes off in the remaining 15 games after you trade. I think, I think you can you can hang some stuff on Verhege with the Lightning because he was there the year before he was with uh, Tampa and he was um, uh, before he was with Florida. Sorry, yeah. and he scored 13 points in like 48, uh, 52 games. Was on their lower line scratch for most of the season. Yeah. They don't see anything in him. They let him go to Florida ends up scoring 18 goals, has 18 assists. Yeah. Right. Nobody Tampa's got to lose some guys, but losing yeah. them to Florida. <laughs> it's um, kind of bad. Now, let's, let's – uh, Mark Stahl resigned in Detroit. Seems like, you know, a veteran D. Got the guys like him. You know, they like his, uh, his uh, leadership or whatever, and he's not going to play a huge role there. He's just going to be Mark Stahl, which is a good pick. Um, Jack Eichel, according to um, uh, his agents, the only conversations that they've had with Jack Eichel's agents – Kevin Adams, that is, is that um, the expectation is that he'll be traded in the near future. And all of our discussions have been centered around that issue. Came a First dual response of, from Peter Fish. vacation. I know it. Peter Fish and Peter Donatelli, who are Eichel's agents. Now, it looks like he's going to need surgery. They still can't agree on which one. Uh, Reinhardt was moved to Florida, which was a good trade. You know, if you get a first rounder for Rasmus Ristolainen, another good trade for the Buffalo Sabres. Although, again, you know, you, you talk about roster construction. Who will play for the Sabres next year? Right? They are going out and they're getting draft picks. That's cool. But, like, who's going to put on a sweater? Yeah, they've, gotten, they've gotten good value. Yeah, maybe. I mean, do they, need, they do need a goalie. They need a goalie. Dwayne, uh, get on the pads. So, so there's that. It's going to be uh, Jeff teams... Skinner because you can't move that contract. So he'll be there. That's yes, for sure. Jeez. Man, he signed that contract going, I'm going to play with Eichel for nine years. And they're like, you're going to play with Eichel for nine months. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff Skinner, the, the first player to ever have a PMC, a please move clause. Oh, God. <laughs> please <laughs> move me. Please move me. Adam, did you have the updated teams there for Eichel? Because I believe they changed. Like Montreal was out. and Yeah, Angle said a lot of buzz about it, but uh, they're not heavily invested in acquiring him. Well, Anaheim uh, uh, is I've got on him it. here. Oh, yeah. you got him? Okay. Anaheim, Calgary, Minnesota are the ones that... Uh, Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> that was the one that was like, <laughs> how? Kaprizov and Eichel. Woo! They're really going for it. Billy G. Didn't I say, though? Uh-huh. Oh. This, was, this was my ridiculous conspiracy. Get Eichel for two years, and if you're shafted by uh, the dead cap from the Parisian shooter, uh, suitor deals, trade him. He'll still have value in two years. Trade him. Um, Friedman goes on to talk about Toronto's made it clear finding Jack Campbell's partner is the number one priority. The, the Leafs probably need two left wingers, a uh, defenseman, or like a right-handed gritty defenseman to play bottom six role. And obviously you got to find a partner for Jack. Eichel. will be interesting to see who that is. Uh, Philly also wants Jack Campbell. Sorry. Did I, what did I say? Eichel. Oh, sorry. Jack I didn't Campbell. even catch that. <laughs> I didn't even catch that. Sorry about that. Yeah. And Philly wants an experienced partner for, uh, Carter Hart. Um, uh, you know, there's a potential for Martin Jones being bought out. Uh, is Carolina's next starter, Anti Ranta, Frederick Anderson, or someone else? Um, Darcy Kemper is on the, there could be, you know, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury potentially could go to Chicago. Uh, maybe Robin Leonard to New Jersey. We're not really sure. Um, and they said, and this is great because um, I love this. Colorado has a tough off season. I forgot about Philip Grubauer. And they and 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 Fridge said, "What's Colorado's limit with Philip Grubauer? Because Bennington was six over six. Believe that Grubauer's ask is somewhere near there, but Friedman doesn't believe that the Avalanche will even go there." Now, 
I know Philip Grubauer was nominated for the Vesna this year. Mm-hmm. I don't think I do six over six either um, because there are Vesnas who go to Vesna worthy goalies. And there are goalies who had a really good year, good goalies who had a really good year on a really good team. Grubauer. I I wouldn't pay six million bucks for Grubauer. Now, you know, would you prefer Anderson? Would you prefer this guy or that guy? Well, that's that's the problem. But that is a that's a lot of money for a guy who is maybe. I think most seasons that's a one A. They also he had a very good Pavel, year this year. They also have Pavel Francouz, who is a solid one B. Yeah, like you're you're yeah. you're you're solving a goalie situation where you need a guy for forty one games. Like they I, need. They need half a season because Francis can give you 41 with his 923 from last year in 34 games. Like that's very good. I that, wonder uh, if that, that goal, that goal, I think it was game six against Vegas. Like it, the, their season ended with that goal. I wonder if, um, I wonder if, if Canucks buyout Holtby in keeping with former Washington goaltenders, if uh, Benning doesn't go after Grubauer. The, the buyout something like 500 grand this year and, uh, and 1.9 the next year against the cap like oh boy just They're keep like, them just keep I, them keep uh, them pay them i was looking at holby because you know they're they were trying to get rid of him and i'm like would he make some sense he's been in steady decline for a number of years but he was like an 880 something with the canucks <sighs> and we watched him throw up a, a few pretty miraculous performances like the canucks defense stunk it was mm-hmm. really bad last year they don't know how to play in their own end or at least last year's team didn't. And I'm wondering what either goalie was supposed to do. <laughs> like, I, I'm sure he's been in decline, but I, I, I really do wonder if he's actually that bad. Now, we're going to create, um, I, I, for no reason at all, I want to create a little segment here that I know is going to go up on YouTube later as a, as a separate segment, okay? Okay. The segment is called, Guess Where This Free Agent Is Landing. Okay. Oh, I like it. All right. Like so it. I'm just going to name a name and you guys have to pick a team. And then I'll tell okay. you what Friedman said because Friedman's pretty good. Okay. Yes. So we're, we're each going to pick a team and I'm, I'm cheating a little bit. So I'm not going to, I'm going to go with my honest pick because I already know what Friedman said, but I'm going to go with my honest pick about where this player ends up. Okay. So we're going to okay. start with UFA Dougie Hamilton. New Jersey. New Jersey. Friedman says New Jersey. I'm going to say he sticks with Carolina. That was my second pick. I'm going to say he sticks with Carolina. He's got a good thing okay. going there. Okay. Okay. I heard New Jersey over the weekend, so I'm going to okay. go with New Jersey. That's cool. All right. New Jersey. David Savard of Lightning and Blue Jackets fame. And a guy who's willing to come to Canada. That is very okay. clear. He is willing to come to Canada. Calgary. Oh, all right. We needed another right-handed D-man that we pay five to six million dollars for. I'm doing my That'll best to forget. It. I'm doing my best to forget Elliot Friedman exists, but I'm going to say Montreal, not because I read that he said it, but because it it makes sense. Does it make sense? They need someone to replace Shea Weber while he's out all year, and mm-hmm. Jeff Petrie is going to, you know, probably get a lift in minutes, but they're going to need somebody else. Okay. Well, I was just going to say, hopefully, that it was the Toronto Maple Leafs. I know it won't be, but I'm going to say Toronto Maple Leafs. Oh, not a chance. Not a chance. But it'd be nice. Um, Okay. Landis Cog. Colorado. He's going to stay. You think so? Yeah, I really, I believe it. I believe it. No one, there should be a clear 
front runner, like someone where there's been a lot of noise and there hasn't been. I think he's going to stay. Uh, the Kings. The Kings. Ooh. I like that because I also think the Kings. I think, why not warm it up a little bit? If, why not? If, uh, if uh, the Colorado doesn't want to pay you, why not go to LA where it's awesome <laughs> and warm? Why not, right? Why not? Um, Blake Coleman, not where he goes, but how much money he gets. Well, I know what I read today, and I, I would not pay that for Blake Coleman. Well, what would you think? think? <laughs> so <laughs> what Fridge, did you read today? Fridge did the annoying thing where he put six times five, and I'm like, which is the dollar? <laughs> um, but by default, <laughs> I assume the first number is the dollar. Oh, gosh. You think Blake Coleman's a $6 million player? No, that's what he said. Let's no, I think it's that. well. Then it's think, six years times five. Yeah, that's what I think. It's close to Zach Hyman. I think that'll be close to that deal. Six million mm-hmm. times five years. Which way do you read it? Add on out. Five million times five million on a year per se, you know, per year for six they're years. They're both a lot, but you know, Josh Anderson gets five point five. Hyman looks like he's going to get five point five from the Oilers. Five for Blake Coleman. <laughs> yeah. Okay. On the open market, that's a bad deal. It's a long one, man. How old right. is that guy? All right, Dave amazing. Boland. <laughs> Whoa, now. Whoa. Uh, Jaden Schwartz. Kraken. Kraken. He's going to be, you know, oh, why do they keep taking uh, these UFAs? They can just take two guys. They're going to. Mm-hmm. They're going to steal two guys from the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, they said the uh, preliminary conversations went well with the Kraken ah. in the Please. pre-discussion. Blake Coleman, by the way, 29. Brandon Sod. Oh, that's a good one. Oh, Nashville. Oh, interesting pick. Another guy who can't score a lot on their forward team. I like that. I like that for Nashville. Let's continue to not score. See how it works out for what us. We got Steve. Jesus. Um, <laughs> Adam just quietly dunking they on Nashville for no reason. can't score. Let's get Why another guy in Nashville. I don't hate Nashville. Why are they can't score. An anti-Nashville. They signed Johansson and Duchesne, and and they cannot score. They can't. They have no finishers. No finishers. Oh, they need Tarasenko, man. I'm gonna throw this out there. If Colorado cannot keep Landeskog, it makes no sense for them to lose Sod. Oh, okay. I'll say Colorado. He, he scored seven goals in 10 games in the playoffs. Okay. Very good. <laughs> I like the idea of him being depth somewhere like the Island. I feel like they'd really appreciate his style. So I'm going to say the Islanders. And Freach said, St. Louis, Islanders, Pittsburgh, LA. Uh, Kyle Palmieri. And I'll, I'll, just, I'll just head this off. He said, we haven't heard a thing, which means it's Islanders and they probably locked him up. <laughs> that's that's uh, all that needs to be said. <laughs> <laughs> um, Philip Deneau. Oh, that's a good one. No. Montreal. Montreal. Okay. Now, does he go six over five or five over six? <laughs> which is which? Damn it. Um, I, I think I think Montreal is going to give him what he wants. Um, Mark Bergevin wants to dangle something shiny in front of his fans right now. Okay. Jesse. Uh, New Jersey. New Jersey, you think New Jersey? Well, they got a lot of money to spend. Yeah, I would have said I, I would have thought the Kraken would have been interested in somebody like this, although it is a big contract. Apparently, Florida's in. Now, that's not according to Freeman, but we've heard today that Florida has taken a big old long look and they may spend big money on them. And Friedman says Los Angeles could be a destination. I mean, you know, I, you know what I was about to say about the Florida Panthers what? is does the salary cap apply to them? And I ask that so often. 
that a little voice in the back of my head interrupted me mid thought and went, no, Steve, the Leafs are just bad at this. Yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. that every team plays with a higher cap. It's just, they don't have $33 million locked up in three guys. Don't worry. The Leafs, uh, we're going to get to the Leaf. Alex Martinez. Uh, looks like he's going to stay in uh, Vegas, but if he does not, uh, that dude's got a cup and someone's got to play for Arizona. I wondered about Boston with him. Do they have the room after signing Hall? That's what I don't know. I didn't actually look up. You know, I wondered about Boston and did no research. Exactly nothing. But it's it's a good fit. Yeah, given that, you know, the Tory Krug and and all of that, I I wondered if they needed a, you know, kind of a steady guy. He seems like one of those guys that would just fit in Boston, you know? Really, really interesting offseason for Boston. So $20 million in cap space. That's the good news. Here's the bad news. Rask doesn't have a contract. Halak doesn't have a contract. Corrali doesn't have a contract. Kasha doesn't have a contract. Richie doesn't have a contract. And Krejci doesn't have a contract. Oh, that's, dear. Man, that's crazy. Oh, <laughs> whoa. No. Whoa. I How think dare I, you? I say, I say Boston with Alec Martinez. Jesse, did you give us yours? Uh, no. Hold on, let me think. Um, if Carolina loses Dougie Hamilton... That's an oh. interesting one. Maybe you fill that slot with Martinez. If um, like that, who's who's uh, if Nashville loses Good Branson, that's a similar contract, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, if they don't resign him, maybe he goes to Nashville. Uh, but I've already said those teams. So, so um, uh, and just a quick aside with Taylor Hall, he just signed for six times four mm-hmm. or six million times four years. Uh, what was he asking for last year and didn't get eight? Yeah. And Good almost, job, Darren. Keep killing almost, it. No, he got. He almost got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, they were just under that on a long-term deal with the team, and uh, the team told them to kick rocks after they upped the, de- the deal. That's that's what we've heard. That's a uh, ten-plus million-dollar haircut. That's bad. It's rough. That's um, bad. He might win a cup with Boston now, but uh, th- that's this isn't how it was meant to go down. Uh, yeah. So Alec Martinez, uh, what was the next one? I wanted to get to just a couple more here. Does Edmonton have room for Alec Martinez? No, no, Man. no. Let me see. Cause uh, Tyson yeah. Barry's coming off the books, right? No, I think they're going to try to bring him back, dude. Well, maybe Alec Martinez instead. They are big old screwed on the right <laughs> side. Oh, okay. I got one more to do. Okay. Where do you think Ryan Suter ends up? Everybody says on the island, but yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, island, island, Pink island. Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, somebody on the east coast, uh, New York, New York, New Rangers, York, the Rangers, not the island, in the city in Manhattan at MSG. Oh, I'm tempted to change my answer. That's a good answer, Jesse. I'm sticking with the island. Mm-hmm. And he's been in rumors with the island for so long and an emotional pissed off owner is going to swoop in and no, f- screw that. I'm going to take him. Because mm-hmm. um, the Rangers were also reported to never be close or they weren't close on the ICO sweepstakes. Mm-hmm. So I think that frees up a whole bunch of assets and money. Mm-hmm. And it's keeping in mind, Ryan Suter's not coming to Canada for everybody that's wondering. No. He's, uh, we, we know he's not coming. Who's so. the, the, the Rangers are out until James Dolan goes, we're in. <laughs> so like, I don't ever rule them out of anything. Well, I, I was going to say New Jersey, 
because I haven't said New Jersey and everybody said New Jersey a million times. I, I thought New Jersey might be an interesting fit for him, but Fridge is saying Dallas. Oh, That's I have a question with New Jersey. Where did you come from? <laughs> like <laughs> when I saw Dougie Hamilton, I'm like, 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 you know how the Kings are randomly like we're behaving like a good team mm-hmm. now, and, but I, at least I look at the Kings and I'm like, yeah, I see it. New Jersey. Where did you come from? That's okay. I'm fascinated to see what they do. Yep, me too. Absolutely. Absolutely. They, their forward group is so young. I think they they really believe in them. Like they have a whole bunch of guys who are just 25 and under. And I think they're like, okay, I think all these guys are going to take a next step and we could be sneaky good. So why what, not fill around them? What old guy is going to stick up that franchise? <laughs> what do you mean? What old guy, what old forward with grizzled vetness and experience is going to point a pen at the New Jersey Devils and say, stick them up. The, Someone's going to get a bunch of money. The Devils right now don't have a forward over the age of 26 under contract. They have one defenseman over the age of, of 26 under contract, and that's PK. You that's it. That that's that's you how that young well. I did. I'm reading cap friendly and wow. the goaltending situation. Mackenzie Blackwood's 24. Scott Wedgwood's 28. They are a, a, just a young team who, if they just fill some pieces, they could be really good. Oh my! Oh my! Oh my! Severson still isn't over 26, huh? Mm-mm. Nope. Wow. Yeah, that dude. He's seen some shit. Yeah, he sure yeah. has. We should. Wait, uh, it feels like he's been in the league forever. <laughs> he has been. Like that's the and thing. He's Dude, good. It's just he's, like he's entering year five of a six-year deal. <laughs> Jesus, signed when under better the... times. I'm sure. Did he? Was his NHL debut at age fifteen? How was this <laughs> possible? And like, <laughs> like a guy like six <laughs> Pavel Zaka, like what he's seen. Right. You know what I mean? Like there's guys there that are like they've they've been to war and back and it's been unpleasant. Like they've like just L after L after L after L after the 2017 season. Like it's just mm-hmm. it's been a tough, tough ride as the Ryan Graves, I guess, is also in that group with Zaka and uh, Severson. Like and Zach guys. is like a good like if you can find I, I'd be man, if I was New Jersey, I would for sure call the Sabres to trade him for a no, not trade him, but to get Eichel. Like, wouldn't you call oh, the Sabres yeah. to say, hey, like, Kazaka to me is like a perfect, is he not a, he's a center, right? He's like the perfect second line center that you would want. What they need is like superstar guys. I mean, you've got, um, who else is there? I know they've got a first, first overall pick and his name evades me. Why am I Jack not? Jack Hughes? Jack Hughes? Jack Hughes? Yeah, they got him. I mean, like there's, there's. And they some, just got his brother. Yeah. I don't his know. His other there's, brother. There might be something Luke. going on in Jersey. Nico Heischer too. Right, yeah, he signed to a big fat contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nolan, Nolan Foot supposed to be good. There's like, like there's potential there. They're they're not hopeless. I was I'm talking about them like they're hopeless, but like more I do, than I do a say guy away from being good. You know, what as I mean? of as of right now, Andreas Janssen is the fourth highest paid player on the Devils. Mm-hmm. That's a great thing. Yeah, like, it's if, great. if I'm thinking about cap situations, like that's a great thing. You have so much free money. Yeah, that's straight true. asset management. Yeah, that dude. That dude had eleven points <laughs> in fifty for, games for three point four million dollars. Yo, honestly, yeah, so. you know when when Kyle Dubas said uh, our players are better coming to line uh, and sign, otherwise we'll trade him. He should have traded. Should have traded. Cabin and Cabin and Janssen should have been gone. 
should have been gone. Those are bad. I mean, Kavanaugh's deal looks better in retrospect, but boy, howdy, are those bad contracts. Yeah, that Janssen um, one's not good. Guys, I want to switch the subject to one more thing. I'm going to list some names for you. Ready? I'm going to list some names. It's a long list, so go, go with me on this. list starts with Zach Hyman. James Van Riemsdyk. Oh, are we Tyler, doing this? Tyler Bozak. I got to go to the bathroom. No, I got to... <laughs> Introducing Royal Caribbean's newest ship, Icon of the Seas, the ultimate family vacation. The ultimate six slides, eight neighborhoods, zero compromise vacation. The ultimate never done that, can't wait to do it vacation. The ultimate chillin' by a different pool every day of the week vacation. This is the Icon of Vacations. Icon of the Seas, arriving in 2024. Book today. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry Bahamas. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Did you have a good pee, Steve? I did. Good. Let me start this list again. Zach Hyman. James Van Riemsdyk. No, I got to go here. here. I'll, be, I'll be right back. <laughs> Jake Gardner. <laughs> Leo Komarov. Tyson Berry. Cody Cece. Thomas McClanitz. Brian Boyle. Ron Hainsey. Roman Polak. Tyler Ennis. Kyle Clifford. Zach Bogosian. Likely. Dave Riddich, likely. Riley Nash, likely. Ben Hutton, likely. Nick Foligno, likely. Those are all people that will leave the Leafs in free agency. Now, I realize some of those people are trade deadline acquisitions, but let me let me just do this list to you. Asterisk on Polak. They did trade him, and then they brought him back. Right. With the acquisitions of Foligno, Boyle, Placanitz, Riddich, Hutton, Clifford, and Nash, the Leafs I don't, spent... I, I, please don't. Please don't. I don't want to know. The Leafs spent one first-rounder, two seconds, two-thirds, a fourth, a fifth, and a sixth. Ah, no seventh, eat shit! That is an entire draft class full of picks that I'm quoting directly from this article, and I'm going to cite it in a a second, plus some extra picks. The average number of games those players played for the Leafs. Oh, no. Can you guess? 16. The average number of games that the players... Felino, Boyle, Placanics, Redditch, Hutton, Clifford, and Nash played for the Leafs. Wait, do playoff games count? I think so. 17. <laughs> the average is 13. Oh, my God. Oh, I was going to guess 20. <laughs> and, and you know what gives me pause? Boyle played 33. <laughs> That's what I'm talking. Now, Rich playoffs. So, whole, so, you know, it's a little bit. But here's what I want to say to you. I made a point last podcast that I thought it was ridiculous that the Leafs held on to own rentals. These are they. This is their branding rename of a player that's on an expiring contract. Call it what it is. It's a player on an expiring contract that you're probably not going to be able to afford to give back. Anthony Petrelli knocks this fucking article out of the park because he says everything that I could not say because he's smarter than I am. And he, this is the, from Maple Leaf Hot Stove, this is the article you need to read. Why the Maple Leafs cannot afford to play out the 21-22 season with an unsigned Morgan Riley on the roster. Rasmus Ristolainen is worth a first-round pick. If the Leafs are not going to re-sign Morgan Riley, then they must trade him this offseason. There cannot be this bullshit line about 
well, he's an own rental. Oh, well, he brings more than you know we could get. Fine. But the reality is by not trading those players, and I realized that they were going into uh, playoffs and the optics were terrible. The reality is they didn't do the cold, hard calculus, which is we could have got a fortune for these guys. And I know they tried to, tra- they tried to trade JVR um, the season before he was, you know, he scored a bunch of goals or whatever. They tried to trade him for Travis Hamannick and that forget what, what happened with that deal. That deal almost happened. But the reality is you don't let it get to the season. Bozak should have been traded a season before. Hyman should have been traded a season before. Gardner was never going to come back. Van Riemsdyk was almost traded, but wasn't. You know, Tyson Berry, you knew the team sucked. You knew you weren't going to do anything with this team. You could have flipped Tyson Berry for anything. And you did nothing. Cody Cece, okay, fine. Mulligan on that. He didn't play great here. And then, you know, Ron Hainsey, I don't know. You're not going to get much for... You know, you didn't need to spend on Kyle Clifford. You didn't need to spend on, like, they needed a centerman, so they spent a second on Placanitz? That like, that's a loo move, by the way. So this a is a cross GMs. It's a loo move, but it's a Shanahan administration move. And what it has done, and Anthony really puts this into in an that, incredible HD in writing in on MapleyPotsDose.com. 4K, 8K, 32K. Whoa. What he, what he has done is he shown that by not moving those players, especially the guys at the VR. top. VR. I just want to add in VR. VR. In VR. <laughs> With the two hands. Very real. That's what that means. <laughs> the two hands in front of you in VR. That's like your hands are doing the weird thing. Anyway, the long, the long Riley. is it's left them without options. They have no forward depth. Now you're saying, well, they've got $40 million wrapped up in four guys, and you're right. What about after that? And people, somebody tweeted me today. They're like, hey, why is everybody against um, Alex Kerfoot playing on the top two lines? Nobody's against that. The no. problem is, what do you do with the third line? You need to spread these guys out because they don't have a choice. They have $9 million and they need a 1A or a 1B goalie. They need a defenseman and they need two left wingers who can play top six. They're not even sure about Robertson. Kerfoot, I've seen enough where I could see him being top six left wing, but you have to get a third line center then. Right. You have no choice. Bingo. So this year, more than ever, the Leafs have to rely on the stars that let them down in the playoffs. And John Tavares, who should not be lumped into that category, who's played great since he got here. Let's be honest. Guy's been a point of game player. Yeah. like uh, I, I don't understand the hate for John Tavares. It's ridiculous. Well, I do. Well, not from Leafs fans. I understand from Islanders fans because today I was like, oh, that I, I, get. Yeah. I was like, the Islanders are going to win the cup, aren't they? Because it, almost every free agent, Freege, had the Islanders in there and they were a goal away, two goals away, I guess, from going to the Stanley Cup final this year. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my. And, and they did all that without Anders Lee, by the way, which yep. is an underrated storyline about their whole run. And I'm like, oh my God, they're going to win the cup. But John Tavares, since coming to the Leafs, has done. Everything asked of him. Absolutely everything asked of him. Oh God. Yeah, and I like John Tavares. I think he's been he's been a great player for the Leafs. Like you talk about someone who in in their choke last year, someone who is completely blameless. Like one of the few. Well, he didn't play. He didn't bloody play. Exactly. Well, look, the choke. What the fuck? He was he was in the press box. He got hurts what? what is it what was the quote steve i'm allergic to uh uh oh it was it was dean mccammons and someone asked if he was prone to concussions 
And his witty response was, no, I'm prone to traumatic blows to the head. <laughs> Which is, I mean, that, you can't really get around that. He got, he got Superman body checked by Steve Downey, something that I think he was suspended 20 games for. But, you know, is the issue, is it the issue, Dean? We have to ask. Have we considered that it could be the victim's fault? It's, yeah, like, <laughs> holy shit, holy shit. So, I gotta find that clip. So um, I, I, I just... I just want, this is what Anthony's article is everything I wanted to say last episode. And it's why I've been so on the figure out the Morgan Riley thing. And I don't think you resign Morgan Riley because it's going to cost you more. He goes, he gets into comparables and we talk about like what it could be. Tory Krug making $6.5 million, right? Morgan Riley can't make more than that. Cannot. And even then, is Morgan, it's not about is Morgan Riley worth six or six and a half? Is he worth that to the Leafs based on what he brings? Or do you go out and buy the $8 million Dougie Hamilton type defenseman who can do much more for you? And that's not to take away from what Morgan Riley has done or the person that Morgan Riley is or the leader that Morgan Riley is. There's nothing, but the reality is there is limits to this player's game. And at a certain point, you know, the other thing that was brought up, and I love this one, and Steve and Jesse put this in the group, and I mentioned this, you know, this, this, this whole thing about the Leafs management doubling down and saying, we believe in our guys, and they're mad. Oh, this is horrible. This, okay, so, yeah, sorry. I know. Also, listen, I know we've been negative, but this is just cold hard I, facts. I said this last episode too. And the Maple Leafs hot stove, God bless them. They came up when they found the quotes. Kyle Dubas in an interview from the draft war room. Everybody is going to roll their eyes when they hear this, but it's been different this year in terms of our players' reaction to the playoff exit. Great. And then Anthony Petrelli, August 13th, 2020. Different. So this is after they got shit, shit canned by the fucking Columbus Blue Jackets. Different than the past years as this team has sort of been coming together. I sense that the players are extremely angry, angry at themselves. We're angry at ourselves. We have higher expectations. These guys really want to win. And this is the difference. That was Brandon Shanahan. I, I want a Ferrari. Everybody wants to win. How are you going to win? How am I going to buy a Ferrari? Well, I have to do a bunch of things, work really hard, probably get really lucky. You said something there, man. Uh, you know, can the Leafs afford Morgan Riley at six or six and a half million dollars? What did you mean by that? What I meant by that is they have a lot of money wrapped up in, in, a, in very few amount of players. And based on what Morgan Riley brings and what the team needs, I can't imagine that, that he is. And this is why like people, people go like, oh, God, let it go. I can't let something that is tied to absolutely every conversation about this team and every decision that is made go. I can't. How? Oh, I'm just supposed to ignore the biggest factor in every decision they make? I can't, guys. I can't. It's the biggest factor in every decision they make. And, you know, I'm on board, right? Either re-sign him or trade him, right? You can't lose him for nothing. I'm on board. I can't, I can't say that. They, they, they can't re-sign him. They can't. And remain the same? It's How a, do you get a, better? Their defense wasn't the problem. Their defense was fine. Dude, Matthews, Matthews scores one more goal. Marner scores any goals. But they win. The, they they literally win the series. But they didn't. <laughs> but but they didn't. And the lead. And let's. But be it honest. comes back to them. 
guys, guys, let's just, let's just call it what it is too. The Leafs lineup next year is not going to be as good as the Leafs lineup this year was. Yeah. We don't know that. Well, uh, we can be pretty confident, but we don't but know I'm, that. I'm, we don't, don't know what know their lineup well. is next year. Just, I don't know. My house might get struck by lightning. You're right. We like I, we don't know anything. <laughs> no, Steven but, Stamkos might come right up to my house and punch it. Like, <laughs> we, we don't know. No, we'll have no. But with the difference between the lightning thing, which the example doesn't make sense, is that we'll have an answer on the lineup. For ne- the, he knows we'll, where I live. We'll have an answer on the lineup for next year at a certain date when the lineup is announced. We will. And what I'm saying to you is everything the Leafs are saying is we're going bargain bin shopping. We got 9 million bucks to spend. We might trade Kerfoot so we can find a third center with a, with a, a lower cap hit. And uh, this is going to be what it is. And that, you know why it's going to be what it is? You know why they have to believe in these guys? Because they have to believe in these guys. Yeah, they don't have a choice. They don't have a choice anymore. Incorrect. You can trade them. Oh. Well, Travis Yost put out an article today, I think is just trolling Leaf fans, but, you know, where he could see a scenario where, you know, a Marner for Darlene or something like that in Buffalo. I mean, that'd be hilarious. It'd be hilarious. I don't know how that, you know, I haven't read the article yet. So uh, Travis, pretty smart guy. I'd like to read it. I do think it's going to be trolling Leaf fans. They're not going to do it. Right. Even, if they, even if that trade was available, they would say no. So I think at the end of the day, I still, and I'm going to repeat this question, and in a couple of weeks, we'll, we'll know, but I really don't know how this team gets better. I don't know how this team gets better. I don't know how they hack it in the playoffs. I just don't know. I want well, to be wrong. I want to be wrong here. The but conversation. I, I, five years? Guys, if, if, if every year I let you down for five straight years, would you not think, well, you're six? Things are going to be different this year. Well, we're eight years in and, you know, we're proof that you can stick it out. So, (laughs) no, but but like, (laughs) look look at, look at like the conversation. And I have said these things. Uh, Jake Muzzin doesn't get hurt against Columbus. I think they beat them. I think the Leafs beat them. I do. Mm -hmm. Jake Muzzin doesn't get hurt against Montreal. They might win game six, might win game seven. I don't know. Tavares plays the whole series. It's no shot. I, th- I I do think the Leafs win. Mm-hmm. Are we going to... Myrtle put it in a way that I hadn't been able to put into words when he came on the show. They are more susceptible to this type of scenario with their current salary structure. Because when one of the big players goes down, it's over. It's over. Now, it wasn't over for a while when Tavares went down. But Muzzin, you know, we're talking about Justin Hall. Oh, irreplaceable at that number. Justin Hall, literally irreplaceable at any number because they don't have a replacement for him. <laughs> I, I think you can put Timothy Lilligren into Justin Hall's slot in the lineup and he can do a lot of the things that Justin Hall can do. There's no one who can do what Muzzin can do. You know what I mean? I don't think, you know, I talked about how Sandine could potentially replace Riley. Yeah, potentially. And then who replaces Sandine's slot? The options stink. Where did the depth go? It's gone. And like, can I just talk about how this, this management group is nothing as advertised at all? Like I, I thought like the eggheads, the smartest guys in the room, shouldn't everyone be bargain bin? Hmm. Shouldn't, how do you have three guys on these deals? How do you, 
like I I really did I really did think oh man they're gonna go to like they're gonna go to like some they're gonna go to like a tier three German game and they're gonna find a guy and they're gonna sign him to league men and he's gonna score fifty goals on defense like I really did like allow myself to believe these things and they and here's Igor Ozhiganov and here's Ilya Mikheyev who's been fine and here's you know Dennis Mulligan. Who got qualified today? He got qualified. Oh, good for him. And here's I don't know. I can I just say this was what? supposed to be a quick conversation and now we've just exhausted the least talk again. Yeah, but I went pee. So like I had <laughs> the time. <laughs> time to think. Yeah. You know, the reality is the idea of own rentals needs to go away. Stop calling it that. It doesn't make you better. It makes you the same. And if you continue with the salary structure, you are very, very vulnerable. Very vulnerable. If you don't have depth in your lineup, they isolate your best players and they shut them down like Montreal did. Just throwing that out there. Can I, can I end the show with something, Leafs? Uh, sure. On February 5th, 2020, the Leafs traded Jack Campbell and Kyle Clifford to the Los Angeles Kings. Or from, they acquired those two players from the Los Angeles Kings in exchange for Trevor Moore, a 2020 third round pick, and a 2021 conditional third round pick. The Los Angeles Kings eventually traded that 2021 third round pick to the Calgary Flames in exchange for a third round pick on uh, on Friday as well, where they moved up and a six round pick. So Calgary now has uh, Toronto's original third round pick and uh, LA six. Uh, Calgary used that third round pick that originally uh, belonged to Toronto to draft Cameron. Why not? I'm so a, upset. The biggest podcast <laughs> podcast so fan that nobody knows that he doesn't even know exists. Everybody wanted the Leafs to acquire Cameron. Why not? Well, in a way they did. And he's a property of the Calgary Flames. What? One more. T- sorry. Who'd they get with that pick? Cameron. Why not? Why not? <laughs> <laughs> is not a Toronto Maple Leaf, even though Calgary used a Toronto Maple Leafs draft pick to draft it. I'm sad. Well, that's it for us. On that depressing note, uh, yeah. that's it for us. We'll be back Wednesday. Now, our show one Wednesday is going to be a little bit later because what happens on free uh, uh, Wednesday? Uh, free agency, and we want to like um, get news and. Um, our boy CJ is joining us July 30th, which is Friday, to talk more. Fun. So it's a very exciting week for us. Very excited to be working with you. We love you. And we'll, we will talk to you Wednesday. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake.